Happy Friday, fellas and ladies, whoever's listening to the Outkick Bets podcast today. I got the homie David Troy here. It's February 2nd. We're going to break down the NBA tonight, as you guys know we love to do. Regardless of our betting records and recent performance, me and David are going to be taking some pretty big whacks at the NBA tonight. Me specifically. There's 10 games to discuss. I have four bets. David's usually pretty good at talking a couple other bets into my uh, portfolio, if you want to call it that. I don't know. I struggled to find a word there, but whatever. Um, I'm hopefully going to stay away from player props because I'm frankly cursed with player props at this time of the year, David. Um, But I do have two totals, which is probably a mistake, and two sides today. I know you're still kind of looking through. You have a regular job, a side hustle. You have multiple streams of revenue, whereas all I do is just look at sports stuff all day. So (laughs) hopefully by the end of this podcast, we can get you on board with a play, whether it be mine, fading, or tailing, or some individual David-specific bets. How you feeling? How are we feeling? How am I feeling? Uh, Lay on my couch. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Here's here's the thing. If you guys want an assessment of what's going on in the NBA right now, uh, double digits do- double digits dogs in like the last week or something are eight and two to the spread and five and five straight up. David, why do you have medical tape around your wrists? <laughs> <laughs> it's look, and you could say, yeah, well then why don't you take the double digit dogs? Well, there's a lot of reasons. So yesterday, <laughs> the first are, one is that they're not very good. Yeah, uh, the, uh, how about how about this one? Yesterday, uh, LeBron James and Antonio Davis or Antonio Anthony Davis. <laughs> Dude, that is like an Ita- are you Italian? I'm part Italian. Italian. Yeah. That's like an <laughs> Italian thing, is where you, you you use the wrong name for someone for for a reason. Yeah. My late uncle had some issue with Frank Sinatra, so he uh-huh. always called him Jimmy. And that's like an old Italian thing where you just call someone oh, the wrong sure. name. Yeah, well, most Italians don't even correct themselves. We just go with like, oh, you know, it's fine. You guys know who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with um, Tony with Davis, those two out, what, did he, what did he do? Right? <laughs> yeah. Both of those guys were out against the Celtics, and the spread was already high. And then the Lakers, of course, won the game outright. This is the kind of stuff you deal with the NBA because you, people talk about effort all the time and all that, and you, you can't. You simply can't handicap when somebody's going to care versus when they won't. You, you do your best you can. I have had three really good months in the NBA this season, and I've had two or three really bad weeks, and they've all come right at the same time, which is really frustrating to, to deal with and hard to get out of. I'm looking forward to the All-Star break. Uh, but before we get there, I'm going to try and get on a nice little run. And I do have a few things. I was looking at it even last night. I look at these things way more than I probably should. Um, but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get there. You're telling so. me, dude. I have paralysis by analysis a lot of times. Currently, I am 120, 113-1 in the NBA season. So seven games above 500, not too bad. Eh, I'm down 4.35 units because there's a thing called juice with these bets. Um. I'm down six points. This is why I said it could be a mistake to have two totals in my betting card today. I'm down 6.4 units in totals. Somehow, I'm up a unit in player props. It doesn't feel like that. I don't know know how. I don't know. And I'm tracking it. 
Um, I only usually put like a third or a half a unit at most on a player prop. And I'm up like, I don't know, a quarter on the dollar on, on, on sides. Um, but I don't know. I spent, like you, way too much time looking at these games. And I just saw value in two two totals. So the first one's actually in the first game of the 10-game NBA Slate Friday. The Los Angeles Clippers at the Detroit Pistons. The Clippers are 12-point road favorites. The total is at 238.5. I would wait to bet that because the sharp books have it at 239. So apparently money's coming in on the over. And the betting splits at pregame.com confirm that. Um, they're saying 88% of the cash currently is on the over, but I'm fading that noise. I'm going under, going under the total here. Um, this is kind of a vibes and trends based play. So Detroit has the seventh fastest pace in the NBA and the Clippers have the 25th fastest pace in the NBA, but the Detroit Pistons turn the ball over all the time. Like, that's my big thing with Cade Cunningham, and that's what's frustrated me so much about him, even though I've been a longtime supporter and still think he's going to be a superstar. I'm At this point, I'm just going to toss this, sell a little bit of stock, and toss this here out of the window. But I'm keeping most of my stock because I do think Cade Cunningham is going to be good. But, man, the turnovers just go through the roof when that guy's on the floor. He did a really good job his last game of minimizing them. But, I mean, we got like a 30-plus sample game, 30-plus uh, game sample size this year. And he just turns the ball over. So, my point being, the Clippers are going to be controlling the tempo of this game, right? Because they don't turn the ball over. And they're going to play it at a slower pace. Neither team has a uh, an above average three-point attempt rate. Like, they like shoot mid-range shots a lot uh, mostly and Detroit's three-point percentage is terrible Los Angeles because they have a bunch of ISO players don't really get wide open threes or 23rd and wide open three-point attempt rate over the last six games and they're just tough shot makers but the Pistons actually do a good job of closing out on three-pointers and they don't they give up the second fewest wide open threes per game so I don't think the Clippers are going to get a lot of wide open threes. I don't really care if Detroit gets wide open threes because they, outside of Bogdanovich and Alec Burks, they suck from behind the arc. Um, Isaiah Stewart is a floor spacing big for the Pistons who is injured. Now, I will say their defense improves when he's on the floor, but I also think him not being out there kind of limits their offense. The under has cashed in four straight home games for the Detroit Pistons. They randomly score fewer points per game at home. And the over or the under has cashed in five straight Los Angeles Clippers road games. And the 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 average over under margin in these Detroit four home unders that I just talked about is minus 14. And for the uh the Clippers it's minus 7. Um and predictably this makes sense. The Clippers scoring and shooting decreases on the road. So I'm going under. I got this final they got this final score at Clippers 121, uh, Pistons 108. So I'm going under 238.5 at FanDuel. It's minus 108. It's cheaper there. I'd wait though. It's 
probably going to get to 239. And I'm willing to play it down to 235. So, a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. Any thoughts? I, Sorry, I, I, mean, just, I, I just went on like a five-minute like Donald Sutherland soliloquy. No, no, no. You're good. Um, when I first looked at this line earlier, or actually I think it was up last night uh, around midnight, I was watching the Jazz game and I started looking at the, the next um, day's stuff. I thought the line was pretty high. I thought that the total was too high for the, the two of these teams because it's not like the Clippers don't play defense. Um, they does Los Angeles return home? No. So LA even has to go to Miami after this. So it's not like it's going to be the last game of a road trip where they're just like, ah, whatever. You know, we don't care. We've already had a good trip or whatever. Um, I do expect them to kind of come out and play defense. That's why I would more lean towards just Detroit's team total under because Detroit can't stop anybody. So this this is one of those games that I could see where it, Clippers 130 and Pistons 110. Like that kind of thing. Do you so know what the team the one, total is for this? 112 and a half for the Pistons. Okay, yeah, it might be a better look. So that's that's the only like caveat I have there. I will bring up one player prop that I like in this one. It's Jaden Ivey over 12 and a half points. Uh, Ivy's only played against the Clippers in two games in his career. He's gotten 15 and 18 points, I believe, in those two games. But his totals recently, he's been playing, you know, 30-ish minutes a game, which is pretty solid for him. Uh, 14, 19, 10, 9, 17, 18, 32, 24, 18, 19, 13, 12. And so you're, you're talking about he's actually on a pretty good scoring streak right now. Uh, getting a little bit more involved, even with Cade on the team. Um, so I, I do kind of like this look uh, for him. The only concern I kind of have is that in three or two out of his last three games, he's only had seven, 20, and four field goal attempts. So it's it's kind of, uh, kind of risky there. Um, but even at home this season, he's averaging 14.5 points. The Clippers have what's considered an easy matchup for shooting guards. So I I like Ivy in this one to go over his his uh, 12 and a half. And uh, out of everything that I have been betting lately, I feel like player props have been better than my, my sides for sure. So I think I'm going to try and stick with player props as much as I can. Well, do you oh, mind if own. I possibly mush you and bet like a quarter unit on it? No, go ahead. All right. I'm with you, man. I'll go over Jaden Ivey. Um, he's finally gotten off the bench. I don't know what Monty Williams has been doing. He's done by far the worst coaching job I can remember. But all right, cool. Uh, Jaden Ivey over 12 and a half points. It's 12 and a half, you said? Yeah. Okay. And I'm going under the game total. I'm not going to move on the team total. I think. Detroit's if gonna be up for this game. Yeah. I I haven't yet. I haven't I haven't bet it. Oh. I'm t- I'm telling everyone to wait as long as possible. I'm gonna have to lock in a bet gotcha. when I write this up. But I'm telling everyone to gotcha. wait as possible, well, as long as possible since money's coming in the over. Yeah. Again, I just I just feel like Detroit's gonna try hard defensively. This is like like their Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but we'll see. The team total could be a better look. Next game on the board, Miami Heat at the Washington Wizards. Miami Heat are 
minus eight road favorites. Total is at 228.5. I kind of feel like the total is short. I'm going to look at the, the recent trends for Miami. I will say this. Um, Miami's terrible as a favorite. They're terrible against the spread. But they are great against their division. <laughs> like, let me pull up the trends right now. I hope the ATS trends back it. I know the win-loss trends back it. Okay, so they're 9-2 and two against their division this year, only 6-5 and five against the spread. Um, they're 3-8 and eight to the under in their division games, and Washington's 8-3 and three to the over. Um, so maybe that over lean isn't very good, but I lean to the, you know, I'm a heat culture guy. I lean to the heat cover in this game because Washington's just awful. They're going to play mostly through the perimeter, and I think Terry Rozier and Tyler Hero significantly outplay Jordan Poole and, and, and Tyus Jones, but that's all I got here. Um, I'll look for some other analysis or nuggets here while you give your thoughts to this game. So, in <clears throat> this one is, uh, let's just call it this. The only reason that I'm even going to do anything with this game is because of my annual front or my weekly Friday parlay. Um, but that's where I take one play from each game, put it into a parlay. It's all my liens, whatever. I don't put more than maybe 20 bucks on it, but, uh, I post them on Twitter. We know that the easiest matchup against the wizards is our centers. So bam at a bio, his points are at, uh, 19 and a half. His rebounds are at 11 and a half rebounds are probably easier, but he actually shoots fairly well. And I think taking Daniel Gafford a little bit further away from, uh, the basket is probably good. So I think I'm going to just lean towards Adebayo over 19 and a half points. And specifically in this one, um, I want to see him get a little bit more involved than he has been lately. Uh, he hasn't played all that well. Um, but this is, it's a matchup that he should feast in. He averages 20 points a game on the season. Um, I don't know if they've played the Wizards this year. Do you know? Probably. They're in division, right? I didn't get that wrong. So they – and Adebayo actually averages 21.2 points uh, per game away from home, which is higher than he averages at home. Um, He played – he did play Washington once, and it was at home. He only scored 18 points took 15 shots. So uh, the volume is definitely there, and I, you have to look for that quite a bit. Since they've had Rozier, he still has 17, 15, 13, no, excuse me, no, uh, 14, 9, 10, 14 shots, which, which should be enough to get close to this number, I think, uh, plus free throws. So, so. Mm, maybe rebounds would be a better look, actually. Over, right? Yeah, his rebounds – Last three games, last five games, 11, 11, 13, 5, 15. And the five were when they got blown out by Boston. Yeah, but it's over under 11, 11 and a half, and right? Half. Where's yeah. the juice going? Over. Okay. I, but I don't even care about the juice anymore. I, I was telling you this the other day. I think it distracts what you should actually be thinking about. Uh, I think that's fair. I, 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 I had success betting player props in the NBA playoffs last year by looking at that stuff. So maybe when the sure. markets are tighter, that is more of how you should do it. Whereas in the regular season, people like you or I, especially you, um, because I think you have a better eye for just basketball than I do, 
should just be going off your just like your basketball instincts type thing. Um, so that's fair. And I, I, I lean to the over for Bam Adebayo rebounds because of what you said up front, which is like he doesn't seem like he's in the offense as much. And frankly, that makes sense. Um, I don't know what the matchups have been recently for, for Miami, but they just got Terry Rozier. Jimmy Butler, like you said the other day when you were leaning to his over that he cashed on, has been more aggressive. He's been playing harder recently. He's been playing a lot more minutes. And they also have Tyler Hero. So with all that in mind, it kind of makes sense that Bam Adebayo would be left at the, you know, um, his usage, offensive usage would shrink a little bit. And I, I love Bam Adebayo. He's one of my favorite players, but he's more of like a distributing point forward, almost like he's like dream on green with a better mid range game and like longer, you know what I mean? So I don't hate that idea. I, pr- I prefer the, the, the under or the over for, for his rebounds based on everything you said. And I had another note, but I'm it's slipping my mind. Oh, here's what it is. This is gonna be so random. I got into a girl's DMs a couple a few years ago. Her name is Parlay Queen. And she does really good like horse betting. She's a Canadian chick. She does like really good horse betting analysis and was doing great NBA player props analysis. And I hit her up and I asked her a few things. And one of the things that I asked her, and I'm I'm hoping I'm remembering it right, because you know, bringing up this random conversation or this random topic but she said that you should focus on unders like unders are better in the middle of the regular season and overs are better in the beginning and end of like the regular season and and, and maybe playoffs but mostly regular season and her her reasoning is like the veterans just kind of lose interest in the game mid-season and I was like no shit that's a good point so I say all that because maybe an over in player props is something around this time that that you should look to fade. And we're looking at two overs. But then again, like you said, like your basketball analysis should be the first like part of your handicap. And you maybe think about other stuff um, like market, market pricing and, and that kind of shit. But... I don't know. Hopefully, whatever I just said wasn't completely useless. <laughs> no, I, it, it I was like actually it. a it's, decent it's point. Perspective. Yeah. yeah, it's a good perspective. Um, Is she right? I don't know. I'm not charting it, but it makes sense, right? Like, yeah. Um, one one last note: the Wizards or the the Heat actually are also considered an easy matchup for centers in terms of rebounding. Daniel Gafford's only at seven and a half. In his last few games, he has been rebounding pretty well. He's had 8, 13, 13, 9, 4, and 7 since he came back from uh, a couple games missed. So that might be worth a look, to be honest with you. Let's do that. Let me tell you why. Because the way Bam plays, again, you think longer Draymond Green. He's doing dribble handoffs. Miami's chucking threes. There's going to be a long rebound, and Daniel Gafford's already standing there. I'm with you. I'm with you. I like it. I already took uh, Bam off. We're going to go with Daniel Gafford for the parlay. I don't know if I'll play it officially, but I do kind of like it. Okay. Yeah, I might play it officially. I don't really do those parlays. I don't have access to the same stuff as you do. All right. Uh, Next game, I also have action in. Um, The Phoenix Suns are visiting the Atlanta Hawks. 
Uh, there's a minus 108. Uh, excuse me. The, the Suns are minus three and a half favorites. The total is 249. Um, there's a minus 108, minus three and a half for the Suns at, at DraftKings. That's what I'm betting, or that's what I'm giving out. Um, and I'd be willing to bet it up to Phoenix minus five. I tried to be a little too smart for my own good the other day and fade the Phoenix Suns, even though they've been playing really, really, really well lately. Now that Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker are healthy, I, I faded them with the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets tied them in the first quarter, lost by three in the second quarter, lost one by three in the fourth, and got blown out by like 16 or something in the third quarter. So it wasn't that bad, but I lost. And... The Brooklyn Nets were were buying them kind of high there. They were only three and a half point road or home underdogs there. And I just, I was too cute. And maybe this is an overreaction or a little recency, not even, but a little overreaction to a loss that I previously took against the Suns. But I hate the Atlanta Hawks. And I really like how the Suns have been playing. Both teams are going to operate a lot in the mid-range, except... You have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal in the mid-range versus Trey Young and and DeJounte Murray. I actually would prefer if I'm a Hawks fan that DeJounte Murray takes the mid-range shots, but whatever. Um, I'm just going to go with the hot hand theory. I mean, they're 11-5 and five this month, the Suns, or excuse me, last month. They had the fourth best net efficiency. Booker is averaging 30 points per game in, in Janu- or was in January. And I think most of these guys are just going to play through their guards, play through their ball handlers. And just like, I got three of them with the Suns and only two with the Hawks, one of which I like and the other one I hate. So I'm going to just, it's mostly a hot hand theory. The Atlanta Hawks have sucked as home underdogs are one and five straight up and one and five against the spread. And I mean, they're 12 and 35 against the spread for the whole year. They've, they've, they're one of the worst teams against the spread in recent memory in the NBA. So could be a trap line. Honestly, it's suspiciously low, but like the market is like just too high in Atlanta. And they have been ever since they went to that Eastern conference finals a few years ago. I have another thing that I'm going to throw your way, but do you have anything to add to my analysis or another bet that you would like to give out in this game? No, I, I actually really like your look. Um, I'm not sure that I'm going to play it or not because, like I said, I, I am kind of trying to avoid these sides right now because I, I feel like I'm just not doing well with them. Um, the Hawks are 1-4 and four at home in the first half against the spread. They are, and the Suns are 4-1 and one as road, uh, or on the road uh, against the spread in the first half. And I do kind of think that they can win this two-point thing mostly because I like their rotations um, and how they play it. Uh, Booker and Beal play, or I think Beal plays the least in the first quarter, and then Durant and Booker play for a while. Booker usually finishes out the first quarter, then come, then Durant and Beal come back in to start the second, or something like this. I, I have this all somewhat in my memory. It's written down in a different notebook, and I'm not going to go grab it right now, but... Um, that's the kind of stuff that like I the the matchups for the Suns over the Hawks like are clearly in favor of the Suns. Yeah. I just don't know how you're gonna stop Beal, Booker, 
and Durant in this one. I'd love to take the player props. Uh, Durant is minus 140 to go over 25 and a half points. He could do that in his sleep. But the issue with kind of betting on Suns player props is who's going to do what in these yeah. games. They ride the hot hand. They they do it pretty effectively, actually. And it, it doesn't seem like any of them are really frustrated with each other or anything like that. Um, and last week, the Hawks gave up 73 to Luka. So my guess is that Booker will probably try and come in here and be like, oh, you gave up 73 to my guy Luka? I got to get some points in this one myself. So I don't know. It's just a, just a kind of a thought on that. I, I would say I'm going to put Durant into the parlay because uh, I probably wouldn't bet it over 25 and a half at minus 140 because this, this is one of those things that makes me think, well, why don't they just move it to 26 and a half at this point? Um, especially when his, his scoring average is above that. So I like the side. Um, I guess I don't really have anything else to say aside from that. Okay. Yeah. I, the only, the most, what makes me most nervous about this bet is that I just feel like the spread is a little too low, but I, yeah. it, going back to your, you know, one of the points that you made off the top is just like, I'm spending too much time probably thinking about that stuff and try to reverse in, uh, engineer it. And it might be just as simple as like, there's a lot of good college basketball this weekend. The books are busy pricing out all the Super Bowl props and just, maybe they just kind of caught sleeping at the wheel on this one. And I do believe the mark, I'm not going to go into a longer diatribe about the Atlanta Hawks. I do believe they are significantly overrated still, despite being bad against the spread and not having a good straight up record. So, um, let's go to the next game. Sacram- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sacramento Kings at the Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers are getting three, three and a half, four at the sharper books. Um, the sac- uh, the total is at 238 and a half. I'm going to let you uh, break this game down first because I feel like you're mad at the Pacers. Uh, I'm not actually mad at the Pacers. I, I mean, I, I took them yesterday against the Knicks and- it didn't work out. Uh, I, I had them plus two and a half points. They lost by four. It was just another kick to the dick that I've been getting the last few weeks, and uh, I took it and moved on. But uh, today they have to travel to play Sacramento. What do you have the line at? Mine mine has disappeared, so somebody must have come off the injury report or something, or something's happening. Oh, wow. Uh, I have it. It's anywhere from three to four, actually, so it's a pretty wide range. It looks like oh. the sharper books have it at four. Okay, interesting. Um, Do they so officially honest, sit Halliburton? That that's what I am guessing. I would be surprised if he plays in this. Um, he's only played twenty two minutes in the past two games, and he's been effective in his time on the floor. That's not really the issue. But if you're only getting twenty two minutes out of him, and then you're playing in a back to back with travel against a team that likes to run, why would you play Halliburton in this game? And I, I thought this last night, and it was actually at minus three last night. I woke up, it was at minus two and a half, which I was a little surprised about. Um, I'll be honest, it, it, it's not worth even playing this game for me. Um, I, I can't even look up a, an accurate player prop right now because that game's not available to me. So if you want to 
mention something or move on, I'm fine either way. No, I'm kind of down to move on. We were on the opposite side. I was like the I took the Knicks because a I'm a sucker fan and b they I, because I'm a fan. I've been watching them a lot and the ball yeah. has been moving well. Jalen Brunson has been cooking. I was willing to gamble on OG playing or not. He didn't play, um, but like I don't know. Did you, you watch that game because you better right. I watched it this morning, not uh, not last night. Okay. The Pacers should have won. We the, the Knicks yeah. successfully turned that into a rock fight and just yeah. dirty that game, made it a, 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 just a, a fist fight. And the refs really leaned into that. Like, they didn't call shit, and both teams were mad about it. And I got to be honest, as an NBA fan, as someone who just misses old-school basketball, it was outside of the complaining, it was awesome to watch. It was physical, and I, I liked it. Sorry that you ended up losing that game, but, like, I, yeah, you can't bet anything Pacers related because it's as simple as Halliburton's bitching about the 65 game rule. You get to circumvent that rule by playing a minimum of 20 minutes, and they're just straight up playing him 20 to 23 minutes and pulling him. It's it's that simple. Like he didn't play in the fourth quarter yet, the last game, and it's just it's chicken shit 2024 NBA nonsense, like whatever. But you can't bet it, so whatever. Let's move on. Any any response yeah. to that or? Did I nail it? No, I just want to say that the Knicks actually won three out of the four quarters yesterday, but the Pacers felt like they were in control until the fourth. Yeah. Well, it I'm saying as someone who watched it, like the Knicks had no business winning that game. Like I think yeah. we missed 17 or 16 straight threes. Like that's got to – in today's NBA, that's a game you got to win. Gotcha. So uh, next game – I'll just go Charlotte Hornets uh, at the the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the Thunder are fifteen and a half point favorites. The total is at two twenty five, which I would lean to the over on. Uh, but I have nothing in this game. I don't really need to talk about it that much. Um, I will say it doesn't feel like Oklahoma City has been covering a lot lately. But I don't really like to. I don't want to focus too much on my feelings. So I don't really have anything on this game, frankly. Yeah, I'm not too crazy about it either. I mean, I would lean towards the under for the Hornets team total because they just suck. And uh, the Thunder have been playing in a lot lower total games lately. Um, So you never know. Uh, this This is still a lot of games in a short period of time for the Thunder. If these were still the Hornets teams that like to run and gun, you probably, you probably uh, take them, but I don't think Lamelo Ball's playing in this. So, just stay away from this game at all costs. It's going to be stupid. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, uh, Lamelo's doubtful. Gordon Hayward's out. Isaiah Joe, awesome three-point shooter for the Thunder, and Jalen Williams are already out. So, yeah, I don't even like Shea to go over his points. By the way. I, I just don't think they're going to play him that much. Yeah, He could easily get there, but why would you put him in this game? With the, with all the basketball you've been playing, why bother having him play 34 minutes, 36 minutes in this game? It's just pointless. Mm-hmm. All right. We're on the same page. Um, let's go to the next game. Orlando Magic at the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are six-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 220. 212 and a half. Um, I was about to put in a bet on the 
Timberwolves, but something happened. And what is it? Rudy Gobert is now questionable to play, which does affect my analysis a little bit. A little bit. He's dealing with an ankle sprain. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta kind of rethink my position here because I really like the Timberwolves. I was about to give it out as a bet. Yeah, uh, the Magic have actually been playing pretty solid basketball on the road lately. Um, at least competitive basketball, I guess I should say that the they looked bad against Memphis, and then they came all the way back in the fourth. Um, before losing by one, they beat Phoenix at home. Then they went on the road to Dallas and they almost came all the way back against that one in a game. They should have lost by a lot more, uh, or one. I mean, they were up by like 15 at halftime and they gave all that back and were down seven going into the fourth quarter. Um, and they've missed a, a heave at the end. Then they beat them, the Spurs. Now they have to go play the Timberwolves. Um, the Timberwolves at home have been really good. They're 18 and four, uh, they have a matchup that they could probably succeed in in this game. Um, Orlando plays fair defense, but Minnesota either is still or was the best defensive team in the game. Uh, six and a half seems like a fair line to me, to be honest with you. So I would probably just stay off that. I kind of like the total going over. I think uh, 212 is a little too low in this one. Um, neither team plays with a great pace, but um, they also have some pretty effective scoring on both sides. So I kind of like Paulo to get over 21 and a half points as well. Man. All right. All right. Um, okay. I'm going to go forward with it. I'm going to take the Timberwolves minus Excuse me, get the model sheet. I guess minus six and a half. It's available everywhere. Minus one hundred eight at FanDuel looks to be the best best price for it. Um, Minnesota is has the best defensive rating in the league, and and Orlando is fourth. But the Timberwolves play a lot better against top ten defenses. Ten and seven straight up plus um, three point two net rating, whereas the Magic are five and nine straight up minus eight point zero net rating. Minnesota's defense is going to be worse with no Rudy Gobert if he, if he doesn't play in this game, granted. But Nas Reed is one of my favorite backup bigs. He adds something offensively, and by the numbers, their defense doesn't dip as much when he's on the floor. Obviously, he's playing against second units a little more than Rudy Gobert, so that's a fair concern. But Orlando's offense is trash. Like Their, their, their route to success is usually defense, so maybe... Nas Reed doesn't get um maybe he doesn't get like picked on or hunted or or he isn't the the reason the Timberwolves can't cover the spread and he can just kind of like keep up, you know, against a bad Orlando Magic offense. Um the Timberwolves beat them last month 113 to 92 in Orlando and the Magic were missing Franz Wagner. But they won the battle of possessions, but got just crushed with shooting and getting to the foul line. They got outshot 40, 54% to 36 Their free throw attempt rate was 7% lower, which is a huge difference. And I just don't think, though, they were the Timberwolves were five-and-a-half-point favorites in Orlando. 
I don't think minus six in Minnesota is a big enough move, frankly, even with Rudy Gobert out. And before, I was going to play it at seven and a half. So, yeah, Rudy Gobert, he might be well, a point worth a point to the line, but. Well, it's also got to do with friends being back, too. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Either way, I think home court for, especially because Orlando's so bad on the road, I actually think that the home court like supersedes the loss of Rudy Gobert and and Franz Wagner. Like I would give one point for Franz, one point for Rudy Gobert, but three points for home court. I can see that. Just too much <laughs> random math. Whatever. Timberwolves are going to beat the fuck out of the Magic. How about that? How about that? <laughs> how about it? Um, <laughs> how about how about uh, Anthony, who, who is this? How about Anthony Edwards is going to wear ass or wear out Jalen Suggs and, and Markel Fultz? He's going to wear ass. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I've, I'm talking a lot lately. All right, I'm just going to uh, slip I, up I like there. I like it. Yeah. I was going to say um, wear their asses out, but just too many. Words. Yeah, you're all good. I'm going to just throw you a couple of props, and I probably won't even talk about them that much. Franz Wagner, over one and a half threes, minus 135. He's hit two or more threes in every game since he's been back. Um, this is rated as a – well, let me let me double-check this. It is not. It's rated as an average matchup. He's not going to be driving, though, to go up against Gobert if he's in and Carl Anthony Towns if he's in, or even Nas Reed. He may have to deal with Jaden McDaniels, but – McDaniel may guard Paolo. I, I really don't know. So I think this is a decent enough look. I'll also give you Paolo over six and a half rebounds in his last. Uh... Eh, no, I take that back. I got a better one for Paolo. I've looked at all of his props and I've said I've liked pretty much everything, but uh, I like Paolo to go over one and a half steals and blocks at plus 120. So he has had. He's covered this in one, two, three, four, five, six. You said plus one twenty. He's covered this in eight of his last fourteen games. Hmm. So, not bad. So, just just thoughts. They're not official plays. These are just things that I like or maybe lean to. Uh, I I'm putting friends in the uh, the parlay for over. One and a half threes. And I may play that one. I, I do like the look of that. All right. That all? We can move on, right? Yeah, for sure. Toronto Raptors at the Houston Rockets. Toronto's only getting four points. Total is 231 and a half. Uh, RJ Barrett, Jacob, Jacob Pertle, and Emmanuel Quickly are all questionable, but they've been upgraded to questionable. So maybe they are playing. Well, I would suggest that they are playing. Um, I I have, I have nothing on this game. I would think the Rockets beat them, but I don't know. I don't want to bet the Rockets or Toronto Raptor games here, and I've already kind of given you my ideas about player props, at least originating them. Maybe I'll tell something you have in this game. What do you What do you got? Yeah, this is one of those games that I think you play Houston probably early more than anything. Um, maybe you take them first half or something like that. Uh, maybe first quarter only because if, if Barrett and quickly are back in, there's going to be that adjustment period now to them being back on the floor with the team. Um, 
Houston has been at home for a couple games now. Um, the Raptors do have a, a rest advantage in it. Uh, but I don't, I don't really know. Uh, it says that Shingun is uh, a game-time decision as well, but it looks like he's going to play. I think if even if both lineups are full, I would probably take Houston minus the four. I think that's the right side in this one. I, I don't know how they would... I don't know how they lose this game, to be honest with you. You got Raptors that are a young team that had an extra day in Houston. They probably were hitting the strip club. They should be uh, they should be big time losers in this game. I may I may end up on the Rockets, to be honest with you. I don't know, but that's what we got right now. Okay. Well, as unsuspenseful as this is, I have nothing to add to that. Let's move <laughs> on. The Golden State Warriors at the Memphis Grizzlies. I was ready to bet this game. Uh, when the Warriors opened up as minus five and a half point favorites, I don't know where the, that line was, but I got quickly gobbled up. And right now, the Golden State Warriors are minus eight. The over under is two twenty four and a half, which I like. That's my bet here. I'm gonna go over two twenty four and a half here. I had the Warriors beating the Grizzlies one twenty two to one eleven. And I can tell you why in a second. What do you like in this game, if anything? I actually was with you last night. I looked at the line and I was like, you know what? This probably is the right side. I very rarely will bet games the night before unless I think it's a team that you can kind of like trust to not have random crap pop up. Um, and the Golden State does not fall into that category. Eventually, why? Memphis has to stop. Why? Yeah. They're one of the most rested, well-rested teams currently because of the, the, the coaching thing. Um, they need these games like blood. Like I, To me, they're like one of the most, from a health perspective, they're the team that I would bank on the most. One of. I'm talking, I'm talking historically um, because there will be games where you'll just randomly get like clay or stuff to sit. And most of the time it happens in back-to-back situations, but you never know. Um, and this is, I think, their first game on the road in quite some time. Could be wrong about that. Uh, okay. Five game actually since since the last time they were in Memphis and they lost the game outright one sixteen to one oh seven. Um, so this obviously would show a little bit of strength because these are pretty much the exact same teams that were playing. So it going all the way up to eight. I'm just I'm not fading the the Grizzlies. I I'm just not going to play a game that they're involved in anymore. It, it's they've taken my money too many times. I'm I'm done with them. Every time I think they're going to fail, they end up being fine, and uh, I don't like it. I I got nothing. Vince Williams Jr. might be the best best bet in this because they're letting the guy shoot, and he's good, apparently. Okay, um, I have the Warriors winning. Yeah, one twenty two to uh, one eleven. I would have bet the five and a half last night. Uh, Memphis beat Golden State one sixteen and one oh seven. January 15th that game stayed under the 226 and a half point total I think that under caused odds makers um to lower this point spread to two or this total to 224 and a half which is either an, an overreaction or just a bad number this these teams have more of an over friendly style uh Memphis is fourth in three point attempt right Golden State is fifth when they played <laughs> Memphis had a 63% three-point attempt rate. 
They shot, I think, 54 threes uh, and 86 total baskets, so 33 um, two-point shots. They hit 10 more three balls than Golden State, 20 to 10. I think the number improves for the Warriors, and I'm willing to concede that the, the number will shrink a little bit for the Grizzlies. Over the last six games, the Grizzlies are 28th in defensive wide-open three-point attempt rate. The Warriors are 29th. If you're going to let both teams chuck open threes, you know, I think obviously the Warriors should do better this time, but, like, they're both going to get good looks. Um, Memphis's defense is very aggressive. They are third in defensive turnover rate and seventh in points off of turnovers per game. The Warriors have been clumsy with the basketball for going on, like, uh, eight years now. This is just kind of how they play, right? Like, they turn the ball over too much. They make up for it with their offensive execution and three-pointers. This year, their offensive execution has been down, so they're not making up for that shit. I think it's going to tick up. I'm buying Warriors stock as the season progresses. I'm kind of in the minority on that one. Um, But I do think... The Warriors are going to be motivated, needing to get wins, needing to get back in the playoff picture, and avenge their loss to the Grizzlies from two weeks ago. Golden State is fourth in offensive rebounding rate. They do a really good job of crashing the glass. And Memphis, they just trade Steven Adams, who wasn't playing anyways, but I don't know. They pretty much got a G League roster out there. They're they're If they have bigs, they're not very good. So, I don't know. I'll take... I'll, I'll take the 224 and a half over. That's my final look on this card. You got anything else on this game? No. Do you want me to only mention one one negative towards your thing? If you have more, go ahead. I mean, yeah. how many do you have? <clears throat> I only have one negative. Sure. So the fans the are going to hate you, though. Probably. Most people hate me anyways. What oh, difference does it make? Stop it. <laughs> Memphis is four ten and zero to the under as a home underdog this season, so the trend is much more in favor of the under. And then, uh, as an away favorite, Golden State is only three and three. So, all right, just just a mention. Gotcha. Uh, next game, New Orleans Pelicans at the San Antonio Spurs. Pelicans are eight-point road favorites. The total is 233.5. This is another game that I can be pretty quick with. I didn't bet any of it. Herb Jones, Nance, Larry Nance Jr., and Zion Williamson are all questionable. Those are the deets. Do you have any ideas or analysis on this game? Mm, not really. I mean... Kind of like one Banyana to get over his rebounds a ton and a half because Valanciunas is good, but he doesn't really fight for rebounds. Like, I don't look at him that way. He also will shoot kind of – he'll shoot some threes and stuff, so he might be able to get some clean ones for Wemby that way. I don't know. Nothing, nothing worth talking about. All right, cool. Moving on to the final game of the slate, nine Eastern Standard tip-off between the Portland Trailblazers and Denver Nuggets. Nuggets are the home team. The Nuggets currently are 12.5-point favorites across the board. Total is 219. Um, Nikola Jokic missed last game with back pain. He's questionable for this game. The Trailblazers effectively have... 
all their their starters. They're missing Shane Sharp, but he's been out for a while. Whatever. I like how Portland's been playing lately, um, but that's all. I, I mean, I got nothing on this game. I'm not gonna bet. I'm not. I'm locked in with my four plays for Friday. Yeah, I don't really have much for this one either. It looks like uh, Jokic might not play. Did you mention that or? Yep. I miss that. Okay, sorry. Yeah, um, it does look like Murray will play. DeAndre Ayton has actually been playing pretty well lately, uh, but this is the Trailblazers' first game on the road. They had that kind of big win over uh, Milwaukee the other day. They they're a try hard team. Um, Twelve and a half points seems like the Nuggets should easily cover, but it it's not like you're not getting effort out of the uh, the Trailblazers here. So. Nothing official for me. I, I will probably look for a player prop, and I'll, I'll put that out on Twitter with the uh, with the parlay. Speaking of which, you can find David's F Around Friday NBA parlay at Future Prez 2024 on Twitter. You can subscribe to a season-long NBA betting packages at beatingthebookie.com and see all of his other gambling analysis at Outkick Bets, the website, which is being revamped. So I would say outkick.com backslash betting that, but that brings you to old articles. So, uh, just pay attention to, to David's Twitter and pay attention to my Twitter. at Jeffrey underscore Clark, please, please, please show outkick bets some love on Apple podcasts, on Spotify podcasts, wherever you can get podcasts and leave a review. It would be great for a positive review for outkick, uh, bets podcast. Excuse me. That's all right. Until next week, best of luck, homies. Talk to you then. Peace.